0: Go ahead and turn back to Ephesians chapter five It's good to see good group of folks here tonight. Uh, last time we met, we began looking at living uh by our priorities and thinking about the need for clear priorities and It was a rainy night and uh so we were there were a few less of us here, so I want to just review a few things that we Uh, covered last time. I included those on the top of your handout if you were here, but we began looking at some key principles regarding our time and priorities. You know, we want to think together this year about biblical priorities for young families. What should be the things that we are making sure characterize our life and our involvement with our family? And big picture, the direction of our life that we started with is that we should be loving God and we should be loving people. If we are focused on loving him with all our heart and loving our neighbor as ourself, that's the big picture that matters the most. That's the direction we're to be on. If we miss that and yet we are very meticulous at controlling our time and at, at accomplishing what we set our mind to. It, it really is, is moving the wrong direction and it's vanity uh, in that pursuit. So we wanna be living for God's glory, living for the good of others, and we wanna be careful to do that as effectively as we can. Ephesians chapter five, beginning in verse uh, 15 says, therefore be careful how you walk, Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We want to be making the most of our time. We want to be wise and understand what God's will for our life and our time is. We want to be careful how we live. And that doesn't mean simply frantically running around trying to make the most productive uh, use of every minute of every day. Because there are a variety of priorities that God gives us. But it means striving to be faithful stewards identifying what God's will for us is and striving to utilize the opportunities God has given us faithfully. And last time we began with some key principles about time and these priorities from this text, we saw that you've been entrusted with a limited amount of time. We, we have a, a limited pool of opportunity that God has given us. God has ordained the number of our days and the length of our days such that we only have so much time to use. And because our time is limited, that means God doesn't expect us to do everything. He he doesn't call us to do every possible thing or even every possible good thing. He does call us to care about his priorities and to be careful to live them out. And so secondly, we saw that you and I are responsible to be a good steward of your limited time, to make the most of, as this passage says, to be maximizing it or redeeming it, to be stewarding what God has given us, which means we have choices in the use of our time. We need to think less about the fact that we don't have enough time to do something and more that we did not choose to use the time that God gave us for that See, our issue is not that we don't have enough time. God knows exactly how much time you have, and he gave you all the time that you need. The issue is, are we choosing to use that time in the way that God intends and desires us to? So we need to to think not simply about what we could do with our time, but what we should do with our time. We looked at the example of Jesus in Mark 1 when it said in the early morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. And Simon and his companions searched for him, and they found him and said, everyone is looking for you. Now, most of us, if everyone was looking for us, we would have said, great, <laughs> you know, let's go find him. Or this is a, a, an immediate pressing thing. This is something we're going to have to rearrange our schedule to fit in. And Jesus' response was, he said, let's go somewhere else to the towns nearby that I may preach there also, for that is what I came for. We, we see Jesus having a clear picture of what he was to do. And when other things scream loudly for his time, he said, no, this is what I'm here to do. And I'm gonna to continue to do what I'm called to do by the Lord. All of this being done with the goal of loving God and loving others, not for ourselves, not using our time how we want, but using it for the good of others and for God's glory. And this doesn't mean we won't be busy. We will be, but we'll be busy about the right things. And so what should we be busy about? We need to understand what the will of the Lord is, as verse 17 says, recognizing that there are universal requirements for the use of some of your time. God says that there are things all of us should be doing. Some of those are seen in the commands that God has given us. Some of those are seen in how God designed us. Things like we just did, eating, we need to do that. It's a good thing that God has given us to do, to spend time on. We'll go home and sleep tonight. We need time for those things. We need time to do other things that God has called each of us to do, and we'll unpack that more in the coming weeks and months. But also, we see that you have been given roles, some of which are unique to you, some of which change over time which come with their own biblical priorities. He goes right from this as he finishes up this section into uh, verse 22, instruction to wives, verse 25, instruction to husbands, verse uh, 1 of chapter 6 to children, uh, verse 4 of chapter 6 to fathers, verse 5 to slaves and uh, and masters, verse 9. So each of those roles that you have comes with their own set of priorities and commands that dictate the use of your time as well. And again, we will unpack some of those things more in the coming months, looking at different aspects of those roles and priorities, Um, but we need to recognize those are things that shape how we should use our time. And then we saw last week that there are many other things screaming for your time. There's a lot of other things outside what God says are clear priorities for you that are asking for and screaming for and demanding the use of our time. Some are just immediate concerns. Some are are good things, but that may take away from the best things. Some are just morally neutral things that easily consume too much of our time, entertainment, other things. Some are enticements to sin. And so how do we make sure that... We are fulfilling what this text calls us to. How do we practically strive to make the most of our time? Again, not in a way that that ignores things like rest, which is part of what God has commanded and designed us for, not frantically running from thing to thing, always trying to do more or to do something else that's good that we could do. How do we practically manage our schedule and our life, particularly as young families, in order to fulfill this? Well, I want to spend the rest of our time tonight considering not some key principles from this text, but some helpful practices regarding time and our priorities. And and some of these we will see biblical examples of. Some of these are just um, practical wisdom that can be gained uh, as we consider these things. Some of these are not, um, you know, things that we have to do, but things that can be helpful for us to consider together. And so let's start by thinking about managing our time. You know, if you if you just made a list uh, at, uh, of various priorities as you think about things that you ought to be doing with the use of your time, and you kind of uh, d- described what those things were, and then you you took a week of your life, and you uh, tracked the use of your time, how closely do you think those things would align for you? You don't have to answer that question. Uh, you know, I would guess that we would all say, uh, you know, not too bad, maybe. Uh, maybe some of us would say, not good at all. I don't want to think about that. Um, the, the reality is, all of us Use time in ways that we would be surprised by if we had a playback running clock of how our life went on a particular day or a particular week. Again, my, my goal is not to make you feel guilty for doing things that are not inherently productive because those things are a part of, of a good use of time. You know, if you play a game with your child, you don't walk away from that game feeling as though you have accomplished something unless you won and maybe then you're like, yeah, um, but that, that may well be a great use of your time. Uh, So the goal, again, is not to say how much productivity, simply, are we producing, but in using our time, are we using it in ways that fit with the priorities that God gives us? Now, I would say we tend, if you're like me, to fill our time with a number of categories of things. We tend to fill it with things that are most urgent, things that are screaming the loudest, sometimes literally our children maybe that are screaming the loudest, or maybe it's other things in life that are just pressing concerns for us. You know, maybe that's a, uh, something that comes up at, at home, a project that needs to be taken care of or an illness or, or things like that. Maybe it's just uh, something that we have, have determined we've got to get this done uh, at this particular point. We, we sometimes fill things then not with what's most urgent, but what's most fun or enjoyable. What do I want to do? What comes easiest to me and not more naturally to me? Or what is the, the easiest kinds of things that we can check off to feel like we've done something? Well, how do we manage our time such that it reflects our biblical priorities? I think the first step for us, even as this text alludes to, is to identify the priority uses of our time. If we are not thinking about how we should use our time, the chances of us using our time in a way that aligns with the priorities that God calls us to is probably very slim. And so that's the main goal of our study is to help us think about what are those things we should be doing. We alluded to and mentioned a number of them last week in terms of the different roles that we have in terms of things that God has called all of us to do. If you think big picture of your roles as a follower of Christ, there are certain uses of your time that come with that. And again, we'll flesh that out more in the coming weeks. If you think of your role as a husband or wife, there are certain uses of your time that fall underneath those roles that God calls you to as a parent, as a, an employee, as a neighbor, as a, an extended family member. All of those require the use of some of our time. You know, if we think about things like spending time in the scriptures, spending time in prayer, spending time conversing with our spouse, spending time with our children, spending time at church, spending time using our gifts and serving others, and on and on we could go. Well, if we recognize those priority areas of our time, and again, we will continue to develop that, The the, next helpful step in managing that time, secondly, is to establish regular routines that include those things. You see, each day or week is not really a blank slate. There's never a day we need to wake up and say, well, gee, there's nothing that I have to do today. Now, sometimes I say that and sometimes you probably say that there's nothing I have to do today. Well, that's not entirely true, is it? (laughs) I I actually am called to love God today. I'm called to love others today. There are specific people who are others in my life that are there every day. And so there is never a sense in which, oh, this is just a, a purely blank slate for this day or this week. And so if we recognize that there are many priorities that we ought to be doing daily or at least weekly, things that really are not optional, or at least they shouldn't be, by working to establish regular routines that include these priorities, we can see them more consistently fulfilled in our life. We see this in the example of Jesus and others in Scripture. We, we looked already at Mark 1, where it said in the early morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. His, his companion, Simon, and, and his disciples went and looked for him. I think they, they were probably used to this as a normal part of his life. Jesus went and said, there are certain things that I'm going to routinely do. In Luke 4, verse 16, it says, Jesus came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. Uh, that's a helpful phrase, as was his custom. You know, if you were to think of your life, and if I was to think of my life, and we were to say, what are things that we would say, as was your custom, what kinds of things would that be? Those are the things that are part of your routines. The things that you regularly do. Part of our goal should be to have those things that are our regular pattern, our regular custom, be those things which are the biblical priorities that God has given us. Jesus had other patterns, Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. 39. He came out and proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples also followed him. They were going there to have time together to sing and, and to pray together. We see this in Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. You remember the account in Daniel, they were looking for something to accuse him of. They couldn't find anything legitimate. So they made a law to catch him in his faithful patterns that he had with the Lord. And so it says, after the document was signed, he entered his house and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. You see all the pattern words in there? (laughs) He continued doing it. He continued doing it multiple times a day as he had been doing previously. This was not new for Daniel. Daniel didn't wake up every day and say, gee, I wonder what I should should do today. No, he had patterns that were helping him to be faithful in the things that he was desiring to do. These may be daily routines, things that a typical day includes for us. They may be weekly routines in the flow of our life. Um, You know, these can be challenging when you have young families. Some of you are saying, I would love to have routines, but I have these people in my life. And they don 't ever do the same thing, like it doesn 't matter what I do they are they are varied in how they respond, and so I hear you, and I would love that, but i I struggle to establish those things. Well, I would say don't give up and be thoughtful on what routines are possible at this stage of your life. It's probably unlikely if you have young young children who aren't sleeping much, and if you said, I would like to be like Jesus, and I would like to get up in the early morning while it is still dark, and go away to a secluded place and pray. And you say, that would be awesome. But I can't wake up when it's still dark. If my kids are sleeping, I'm gonna be sleeping. And there's no shot of finding a secluded place, because they will find me. (laughs) And so, yeah, huh, good luck with this, right? Well, it, it is true that not every routine can be established in the same way at every season of life. Those of you that have had your first child recognize that. You, you, you saw the difference between like, hey, I could do what I wanted. I didn't realize I could do what I wanted, but I could do what I wanted. And now there's this other person who is infringing upon my routines, so thinking about our routines and having goals for what that looks like, but also being realistic with what can be routine is, is important when we are talking about young families. And I would say that this is one reason why our authority as parents is so important to be established. It's both for the sake of, of instructing our kids and disciplining our kids... And because God wants us to manage our families well and to manage the way that our families interact with one another and with others well. One of the, the things that God calls uh, in, in biblical leadership, a qualification, is one who manages his household well. Again, that doesn't mean perfectly ordered and, you know, military level discipline across the board. But it means we're striving to instill authority so that we can function well as a family. Now. I've been there where, where my children were young. We had five girls and they were packed in pretty close. We were, we were reminiscing about this the other day because our second daughter gets her permit um, in December and our first daughter just got her license in July and we're like, we could use a little more break. Um, you know, so we, we have, our oldest is 16, our youngest is nine now. Uh, it's much easier to have uh, different kinds of order and routine in our house now, uh, but it is hard when they're young. But thinking through and striving to to maintain our authority so that we can function in an orderly way as much as possible and establishing routines that work with that season of life. So you might say, I would love to have a morning routine of getting up and having my cup of coffee and, and having my quiet time that's uninterrupted and, you know, and going on with my day. And you may be at a season of life where legitimately that's unlikely to happen. So what's a more realistic routine for you? Well, it may be that while you are doing whatever you have to do in the morning, you need to have Christian music, good, faithful, scriptural Christian music playing that is filling your mind with God's word because the chance of you having uninterrupted time to meditate on the scripture in solitude is slim to none. It may be that when you have nap time, And you have to prioritize your own soul and your own rest more than you prioritize productivity because those things are things that you have to have to function as a godly wife and and a godly mother. You know, it may be thinking through bedtime routines with kids, even from the time they're young and, and working to establish patterns of spending time reading the scriptures together, uh, praying with our kids simply at first, but building that routine so that it becomes a part of who we are and what we do. Simple things like praying before meals. Most of us probably have that routine, but are we intentional to use that in, in a thoughtful way, praying for, for others Uh, praying consistently for various things, you know, weekly routines. You know, we, we ought not be thinking on a Sunday morning, well, what do we want to do today? Should we go to church or not? No, that's a, that should be a habit and a pattern. And those types of regular involvements that we anticipate and, and build our life around are important routines. You know, for men who are, are are driving to work, a lot of us spend a, a decent amount of time in the car. It can be a, a a time that we just kind of use, however, or it can be something that we're intentional to say. What are some routines we can have to be filling our mind with God's truth? To be praying, or memorizing, or meditating on Scripture as we are are driving and preparing ourselves for the day, or preparing ourselves for time with our our kids and family. Routines are particularly helpful and important for young families, but they are particularly challenging as well. But don't give up. Continue to strive to cultivate what can be helpful for you and building those things into your home and into your family. Again, we'll talk more about some specifics of this as we work through different priorities and different roles in the coming weeks and months. But we want to be striving to build priorities into the flow and order of our life. Now, obviously, the danger of routines is that they can become rote, (laughs) They can just become something you do because you 've always done it, and you don 't think about it intentionally but don 't let that keep you from building in routines to your life. instead, let that motivate you to just continue to to make sure you 're giving careful consideration to why you 're doing those things and, and to the goal and, and the zeal that you have for that so if we want to manage our time well. It's helpful, especially with young families, to simply build those priorities in so that we are establishing helpful routines such that our pattern is fulfilling the things that God has regularly called us to do. It's also helpful, secondly, if we look ahead, if we are anticipating what's coming in our week or our month or our year. You know, it's so easy just to jump from one pressing thing to the next. But it's very helpful to think and anticipate what is coming and what needs to be done between now and then. You know, it's interesting to see Jesus' intentionality in his ministry in the Gospels, how he anticipated things like going to Jerusalem for different feasts and festivals and how he was going to do that and the timing of those things, working towards a future plan. He, he didn't just wake up every day and say, well, what are we gonna do today? He had a long-term plan of what he was doing. Now, again, that doesn't mean that Our lives always have the same intentionality as is, but it does mean it's helpful for us to be looking at a week or looking at a month and communicating with our spouse about the use of our time. Not springing things on our wives, men, that we had planned, work-related or otherwise, uh, but trying to help there to be good communication so that we can uh, work together to make sure that we are doing the things that we need to it's also helpful if we plan for divine interruptions, plan margin into our life. I'm not talking about, you know, the um, you know, little things that pop up on your your phone during the day, but legitimate things that come up. You know, I think some of us think about our day, and I'm guilty of this as, as much as anyone, thinking, you know, well, if if everything goes perfectly today, and I'm a little bit faster than I've ever been before at the things I'm trying to do, then maybe there's an outside chance that I'll get everything done that I'm trying to do. That's a a lousy way to plan my day. It, It means I'm forgetting that there's a limited amount of my time, and I'm also forgetting that God is sovereign over my day, and he probably has some things planned for me that I'm not expecting. And so if I can plan in some margin, some divine interruptions so that I am not frustrated by those, but instead I'm able to embrace those as a clear sign of how God wants me to use my time so much the better. You know, those interruptions can look like very different things in different contexts, You know, certainly in a a work context, they can uh, be any number of things. In a home context, often it's a child. And oftentimes with young children, it's a child who needs to be disciplined. It's very easy as a young mom, and we'll talk more about this, to be incredibly frustrated because you cannot get everything done that you want to get done because you have to keep disciplining your children. Well, I would encourage you to change your thinking, to view that as a primary thing. That that's a primary use of your time with young children. And to instead be excited when you can fit some other things in around that. <laughs> but that's not how we tend to think. And guys, it starts often with us because of the expectations we have with our wives for what, they, uh, what we expect them to, to do while we're at work or uh, in, in other times when we're together. And so being very careful that we are ready for the use of time that God clearly directs us to. You know, sometimes those are things with our kids. Sometimes that's uh, other ministry opportunities that come through a phone call from a friend or a family member or somebody else at church. Doesn't mean we drop everything that we need to do, but it means we are, are faithful to build in time knowing God may have other things for us today. The tool that I think you probably know is helpful in planning our time is a Calendar. using a calendar of some sort. You know, there's paper calendars. There used to be these things called day timers. My mom should have bought stock in day timer. Um, And uh, she had those and got all of my family one, I think. Um, nowadays, they have these cool electronic calendars. You may have seen them uh, on your phone. One of the beauties of a calendar on a phone is the ability to share information with other members of your family. Uh, it's been very helpful for us to have a shared family calendar so that we can communicate different things uh, with one another and uh, can know things that we have coming up, both with uh, with each of us individually and then our family as a whole. You know, one of the benefits of, uh, of calendars on our phone and, and other devices is you can schedule repeating appointments. Those are not just for things that you have with other people but you can schedule repeating appointments for things that you want to be routine for you so you can put things on your calendar that are not involving people outside your family you can put things on your calendar for people inside your family so church it's on my calendar i'm a pastor i always come to church but it's on my calendar it's repeating and it's always there and it reminds me that's the priority and what i'm what we're we're going towards You know, we can put things on our calendar that repeat as far as uh, things that we may be praying for or specific times that we would spend with the Lord or other things that we want to to make sure that we are consistent with. Again, I think uh, some sort of shared calendar is helpful. There's all kinds of different ways you can do that. Be happy to talk more if that's uh, helpful. So we need to manage our time practically. Trying to build in routines so every day we're not saying, okay, what are we going to do today? But we know these are priorities that are going to be characteristic of every day of this season of our life or every week of this season of our life. Building in communication with our spouse about those things through the use of tools, but also just communicating well with one another what's going on in our worlds and what we need to be accomplishing. Secondly, just briefly, considering managing our tasks similar to our time We want to, again, establish regular routines of things, and we'll talk a little more about this the next time that we meet. We need to also track what needs to be done. I would encourage you to do that other than your brain, especially uh, once you start um, having children. If you're like me, your brain doesn't remember everything that you used to could remember, and so keeping those outside of your own brain using a piece of paper, a task manager, wonder list, other things. And then prioritizing what to do first, planning time then to do those things. You know, it's easy with a task list to look at it and also say, well, I'm gonna do whatever's fun for me or whatever's easiest. Really helpful to do whatever's hard and whatever we don't wanna do first so that we are getting those things done and taking those things off of our plate. But you can have the best plan for managing your tasks and managing your time and not accomplish any of it if we don't do C, managing ourselves. Self-discipline. Look at 1 Corinthians 9, briefly, as we wrap up. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27, describes self-discipline in this way. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. You know, when we think of self-discipline, we often think of athletes, people who are rigorous in the use of their time and and the things that they take into their body. He says, they do that to receive a perishable wreath, but we are living for an imperishable one. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8 puts it in, in these terms. It says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness for bodily discipline or physical training is of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and the life to come. We can put a great schedule on our calendar that perfectly reflects what we think God has given us as our priorities. And then we can live however we want and not fulfill what that calendar is directing us to do if we are not disciplined If we don't do what we know we ought to do when we ought to do it. It's not easy to get up off of the couch and to go engage with your children when it's time for bedtime and to help them get ready for bed and spend time in the scriptures and pray with them before they go to bed. It's easier just to sit there. You know, it's not easy to get up and spend time with the Lord. It's not easy to get to church earlier so you can fellowship with others or to be uh, a part of serving or, or other things. It, it takes discipline. And again, there's different seasons of life where those things are going to look, uh, look differently, potentially. But we need to be doing what we believe God has asked us to do. not frantically running from one thing to the next, but using our time and the opportunities that God has given us as he calls us to. If we're going to have this self-discipline, it starts with motivation. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 that they're doing it for something perishable. We're doing it for something imperishable. We're striving for godliness, something that will last forever, and and for shepherding our kids and and our families, something that is of eternal value. You know, if you don't know why something's important and genuinely believe that it is, you won't do it for very long. You know, if if there's something that you think, eh, this might be worth doing, and it gets hard, what are you going to do? You're going to (laughs) stop. But if you know this matters, this is important. And I know why it's important. When it's hard, that's what gets you through. We got to come back to the motivation. Why are we doing these things? We, it requires determination, secondly. He says, discipline yourself. Do it. This is not going to be easy, but I'm going to press on. Again, that doesn't mean what we talked about last week, that we neglect things like sleep that God has said that we need. I think the, the difficulty comes in being faithful with what God has called us to, particularly in our world where there's so much entertainment and so much distraction. The discipline to like put your phone down, to set it aside, to turn it off. I mean, that's, that's what Paul says. We, we need to be willing to do what God's called us to do, even when it's, when it's hard, when it goes against us. And helpful in this is repetition. The more you do it, the easier and more ingrained in your life it will become. Do it time and time again. Again, cultivating routines so that it becomes ingrained in who you are, still motivated, still knowing why you're doing it, but striving to that end. You know, starting in... December, we're going to take the foundation that we are laying and start considering different aspects of our life and the specific priorities that Scripture gives us to help us in this way, to give us motivation of why these things matter, and then to consider practically what should this look like in our life. And we can talk about those things all day and go home and, and, uh, and just feel good about ourselves for having talked about them or feel bad about ourselves because we don't do them. Or we can work to make real intentional changes in our life. That's my hope, is that for all of us, it's a chance to step back and say, what does God's will for my life look like? And how can we be intentional to make the most of our time in that way? Begin now with what you know. <laughs> with what you see in your life, with areas that you can grow in and develop. But together over the course of this year, let's work to manage our time well and to manage our tasks well, to do what God's called us to, to rest in the fact that he has given us enough time. He's given us the time we need to do what he's called us to do. And we wanna be faithful to fulfill that because we love him and, and are eager to serve him and bless others in that way. Let's pray. We'll head to our groups and spend some time discussing these things together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are worth us serving faithfully. Because of what you have done for us and because of who you are, you deserve to be honored in the use of our, our time and in how we live our lives. And Lord, each of us has our own unique circumstances that that dictate some of the use of our time, but each of us have clear priorities from you that should drive how we, how we live, the things that we do. And, and Lord, I do pray that we would be refreshed knowing that you have given us enough, of us enough time, that we don't have to be frantic, but we do have to be faithful and intentional. And I pray that we would strive to that, that as, as families together, we would seek to be intentional in how we use our time, that we would uh, just fulfill the roles that you have given us and, and follow the pattern that you have laid out for us. Lord, thank you for the model of, of Christ. Thank you for the perfect life that he lived at each season and stage of life and for the example that that is for us. Lord, help us to be faithful this week to make the most of our time for your glory. In Christ's name. Amen.